the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, Jared here. Hope you're staying safe and doing well. Hope you're ready to learn something, do something, and be a part of something. Because here on this program, we are done with the status quo in healthcare. Hospitals, health systems, and practices are finally starting to make healthcare about consumers and innovation. We call it marketing forward. If you want to be a part of it, then this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement. And you're going to be one of the ones shifting the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. I can't wait for you to be part of this movement. Before I get too far, we have a brand new content network for you, for healthcare marketers. It's called Shift.Health, and it's a network of podcasts and on-demand video series. So if you like the healthcare rap, I really think you'll like the other series and shows we have there. So go check it out at Shift.Health. Check out the other podcasts and video series we have there. In fact, one of our newest video series is called Brand Brew with Rob Rosenberg from Springboard Brand and Creative Strategy. It's a series of conversations over a cup of coffee featuring experts in branding, marketing, and digital communications. So here's what's going to go down today. I've got Dan Dunlop in the house to talk about something that we need to talk about a lot more. Dan is principal at Jennings, and if you didn't know this about him before, he cares a lot about addressing the inequities in healthcare, particularly inequities caused by systemic racism. There's never been a more important time to start talking about this, and better yet, to start doing something about it. Are you ready? Let's go. I need a dime, ain't faking a bump. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. Dan Dunlop, oh my gosh, how is it? How's it going? Hey, Jared, it's good to see your face. Likewise, man. It has been too long. 
I know this pandemic, it, it's really uh, hurting my travel schedule. You and everyone else, it's killing us in some ways. It's a shame that, that we don't get to go to the conferences that typically happen in the spring. And there are question marks surrounding those in the fall, including some that have been rescheduled. We sure hope that those things work out. But in the meantime, it's good to see your face. Thank you, man. It's good to be here. What's really interesting about what's happening today is the convergence of so many different things. And to get right into it, what you and I want to talk about today has a lot to do with some feelings you've expressed and captured many times over the years, but in particular, something that you shared on your blog recently on the Healthcare Marketer blog. And I got to say, like, it really hit me in a good way because it captured a lot of things that I, I don't think I've really expressed a whole lot, but I, I certainly feel. And I want to talk about them. You know, I want to learn from other people about them. And I want to do something about it. And so I uh, hope you could, you could help me uh, with those parts today because you know, this is not necessarily the quick and easy discussion that we tend to have, when, yeah. especially when marketers and communicators get together. We're talking really tactically. And, and this is not a tactical conversation. This is a real conversation about what's happening, what's impacting our communities, and what healthcare has to do with it. And so with that, do you, you want to start by just kind of sharing some of the ideas from that post? Absolutely. I don't watch Oprah that often, but I did watch Oprah's special the other night. I don't know if you saw it, Jared, about racism in America and deal, talking about you know the protests that are going on right now and the Black Lives Matter movement. It was interesting watching that. She had a whole panel of participants there speaking, and they did, it looked like a big Zoom call. And um, everybody kept talking about violence in communities of color and particularly aimed at, at the Black community. And I thought it was interesting. You know, the whole time I was sitting there listening to it, I thought, you know, this is so much more than just about violence. This is so much more than being just about the death of one man or 10 men or 10 women for that matter. This is a, a much larger issue of systemic racism. I was really pleased to see that the Reverend, I believe his name is William Barber, he's a bishop, who was part of the panel, he really stopped the show and said, hey guys, this is not just about policing in America. This is about so much more. This is about economics. This is about healthcare. And yes, it's about violence too. And when I wrote my article that you were talking about, you were alluding to earlier, that was my thought as well. You know, we're talking so much and focusing so much on police violence that we're losing the really important message here um, not that police violence isn't important and needs to be dealt with, but the global issue is systemic racism and systemic poverty in America that leads to these problems. And I've said for the last six or seven years, my team and I have worked with different organizations on addressing the social determinants of health, addressing those upstream causes of, of poor health in marginalized communities across America. And there's so much to be done that isn't being done. Yeah, let me just read like the first couple lines in, in the blog sure. post. So it's titled Systemic Racism and Inequities in Healthcare. And this is what caught my attention right away. You said, our country's in crisis and I cannot stand by and say nothing. The frustration and anger we're seeing as protests erupt around our nation are deeply rooted in a long history of racial injustice. And then you go on because you said, the impact goes far beyond police officers killing innocent black men and women, like you were just saying. And then you go on, it says, in fact, when it comes to health and healthcare, racial injustice is far more lethal. So tell me about that. So take COVID-19, you know, the perfect example is right there in front of us and the timing is amazing. COVID-19 
black people in America are dying at three times the rate of white people from that disease. Now, tell me, how does that happen? It's not by mistake. You know, that is by design. We have designed a society where certain populations are marginalized, they're isolated. I mean, Jared, you know this, the number one predictor of a person's health in America is their zip code. And that is because of where these communities are located. You know, so many of these communities of color, the neighborhoods are isolated. They don't have a CVS in the middle of their neighborhood. They don't have a good grocery store. I mean, that's why food deserts exist. So access to good nutrition, access to healthcare service. There's no minute clinic in their neighborhood. And that is by decades and decades of design. It didn't happen by accident. Right. And so when we're, we're peeling back some layers here where we are typically the conversation, you know, for marketers and communicators in particular, it doesn't tend to dive a whole lot beyond that other than, oh, well, maybe that's something we can yeah. Yeah, talk about you know, as one topic in a stream of other things. And I think the conclusion that you and I would both agree on is that this needs to be more than a conversation. It needs to be more than a one-time conversation. Action has to be taken and it has to be taken over a sustained period of time. This is not an, the systemic problems that you just described in our communities didn't happen in an instant and they're not going to be solved in an instant. And they're not going to be solved by one person or one organization. And that type of cooperation has to happen when organizations on different sides of the aisle recognize the importance of, of working together, that they actually have an aligned interest and they, they just don't see it that way. So when I think about even what needs to be done, when we bring healthcare and health disparities into the conversation, it confounds it even more, but it makes us aware of what really is underlying the societal challenges that we are seeing, that we're seeing people protest, that we're seeing civil unrest because of. This is what they're protesting. The reason for it, not the thing that happened. Yeah. Like you said, that's an important, that's kind of an igniting point. But the reason for those particular situations, the reasons why we're seeing people die when they didn't need to die, you can't get more real than that. And it's a conversation that, yes, it's, it's uneasy, but it doesn't have to be. Like That's what I keep coming back to. It doesn't have to be. The more we talk about it, the less uneasy it is every time we discuss it. Yeah. There are so many points of frustration. And when I was writing this article, I had so many points of frustration. I was writing it at a time when all the hospitals and health systems across the country were doing the obligatory press release or announcement that we, you know, we stand in opposition to racism and violence and, you know, all of that, which is great. You know, you should stand in opposition to racism and violence and systemic racism. But my question is, what are you doing about it? And I know that's your question too, Jared. And, and you know, it's, it's great to pat yourself on the back and say, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to support racism. We're not going to condone racism. But what are you going to do? And I do see there are pragmatic healthcare leaders and healthcare systems and boards that oversee the executive teams at hospitals who are taking big steps and have been for years to address some of these fundamental issues. And, and the way I look at it is there's two layers of response. One is the federal layer, which, you know, we're not getting a response. And frankly, even it doesn't matter if it's a Democratic or Republican administration. I think we as a country have failed to address some of these key issues 
that are necessary to address if we're going to eliminate this kind of systemic racism. And one is paying everybody a fair wage across the country. And I'm not a political person. You know, I am not political. But I know people living in poverty, you know, they're going to be disadvantaged. So they need a fair wage. They also need health insurance. You know, we need some kind of universal health insurance. Everybody has to be insured. Because right now, we are so tied to this notion of employer-sponsored health care, which works really well if you're an upper-middle-class white person, but it doesn't work so well if you're in one of these more vulnerable communities. So I think getting rid of this notion that the employer-sponsored health care insurance is a good thing and somehow improving wages for workers so people you know, who work can have a livable wage and they don't have to work three jobs in order to support their family. Fundamentally, poverty, racism, and bad health are all linked together. So I was starting to say there, there are these two levels of response. One is the federal level where you would address those kinds of policies. And one is a local level where I see real action taking place among some more courageous, more progressive health systems where they really are working in their communities through partnerships to address the social determinants of health. You know, those upstream causes of bad health, the lack of adequate housing, and by I mean good housing instead of crappy housing for people. You know, asthma, one of the primary causes of asthma in these communities is poor housing, mold, cockroaches, all the things that lead to asthma. Having access to good quality food, having grocery stores, you know, good food markets in those communities, doing the things that are necessary to improve the health of those communities. So I do see hospitals and health systems stepping up to take on those challenges you know, as a marketer, you say, well, what can I do? Well, I'll tell you what I did. When the light bulb went off my head when these protests started, and I had the strong link between COVID-19 and health disparities in America and poverty, I called one of my favorite hospital CEOs and I said, you need to be a champion of this. You need to put your health system on the line and champion this cause. It's the right thing to do. You believe in it. It fits perfectly with who you are as an organization. It suits you to a T. You need to be out there and lead this charge. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to be encouraging our, whether it's a client in your case or my case, you know, we need to be encouraging our clients to be courageous. And we need to be encouraging those of us who actually work for hospitals and health systems. We need to encourage our CEOs and our leadership to be brave and to do the right thing. Because this is not about being political. This is not about making your organization look good. This is about doing what's right. And right now, I mean, if we're going to address the health of America, we're going to improve the health of America and reduce healthcare costs, we need to take action. Yeah, and that action really does have to be sustained. One of the the things I really liked about your article was this piece. You said, I don't understand why more healthcare leaders aren't clamoring for a future state where we eliminate the causes of these disparities in health and healthcare. And that's what you're talking about. Local leadership taking on that without it being required of them, without it being a federal mandate, without there being any dollars tied to it, just because this is the right thing to do. And to me, I see that that coming back to do they does an organization see that responsibility 
aligning with their interests, aligning with, with their business outcomes, you know, aligning with, with what gets talked about in the boardroom. Yeah. I don't know that that even makes the agenda 99% of boardrooms. And yet the time is now to start thinking about that and addressing it. And you're right. Like no one healthcare traditionally, we just wait around. Okay. We're going to wait for the big guys to figure it out. And then we're going to follow their lead, but we're going to take a few years because, you know, we don't want to, you know, do it wrong. And, and that, that's going to take money. And that kind of attitude, that's what's caused the status quo. So if we address these same issues with the same responses, we're going to get the same result. That's why it's the status quo. And so like, that's where my, where my mind is going, where my heart is going uh, in terms of what, what to do next. So I, I feel like one of the first things is to start doing that clamoring <laughs> what you were talking about. Yeah. Where else do we start? But asking for a better world, but asking for a better place. And then as soon as everyone comes in and starts saying, wait, 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 well, we, that's just not feasible. We can't do that. Well, there are things we can do. There are things marketing and communications can do. I'm really curious, like what, what some of those things are, like some of those starting points that, you, that you've thought about and, and pointed out before. Like what, what's the role of, of marketing and communications to address health disparities? It's a great question. And I was tweeting Friday, I think it was Friday of last week, about I was sharing an article about the importance of, well, it featured three health systems, this particular article, that were involved in collaborations with community organizations in order to to address the social determinants of health. And it was a really cool article, and they're doing really good work. These are actions I'd like to see other hospitals and health systems model. So I tweeted it out, and um, a healthcare marketer that I know responded to that and said, Dan, you know, this is all well and good, but we nothing's going to happen until we have action on the federal level for, you know, universal health care. And to me, yes, we need universal health care of some sort, but we don't have that right now. You know, we can't wait for the federal government to take action. We can't wait for everybody to have health insurance or, you know, someone to wave a magic wand to make these things happen. What we can do is pursue these kinds of collaborations where we look at our role as a health system beyond the walls of the hospital. And that's not just to your your ambulatory clinics that are out there in the community. It's saying, you know what, as a leader in health in this community, health and healthcare, which are different things, we're going to initiate these partnerships. We're going to bring our money and experience and data to these community organizations. So we're going to partner. So hospitals, for example, partnering with churches and with their public health departments to address what those issues are. And there are environmental issues. There are food-related issues, partnering with food banks and those kinds of organizations. There are housing organizations that hospitals should be partnering with to address housing issues. I mean, across the board, seeing ourselves as a facilitator of those conversations and trying to drive action to take place. And it's happening. I mean, this is happening around the country. It's not happening enough. I'll tell you a quick story. A year ago, I was at a hospital. It's a rural hospital, so it's a very impoverished rural community. And we put together a marketing plan for them. And part of it involved doing more to partner with these organizations throughout the community, doing more outreach beyond the walls of the hospital. And the response of the marketing director of that hospital when when he reviewed the plan was to say, we're not in the population health business. 
This isn't what we do. Our job is to drive volume for our service lines. And to me, that's exactly the problem. We don't, the marketers and the administrators in some hospitals don't understand their role and don't see how it is in their best interest to be doing the right thing and working with their communities to create healthier populations so they're not having to treat everybody in the emergency department. Yeah, that brings to mind like kind of two groups. There are those, there are those who feel that way, who are simply blind to the fact that if your community is, is healthier, then that actually saves the hospital or the health system money in the long run. And there are studies and there are health systems that have done this that have actually saved operationally because they have actually gone out and fed the hungry in their communities. And I'll have to find those, those examples. Uh, I mean, there are a couple that come to mind where those who really do get it, even at, at a large scale or at a small scale, the scale doesn't really matter. But there are those who realize that. So there's kind of the group that says that that doesn't align with our growth volume mission here. So we're just not going to touch it. And then you have those who I think at least at their core agree with, yeah, if there's, if there was something we could do to help our communities and we would do it, we just don't know what it is. And then they leave it at that and they go back to their work. And that group at least has a chance and an opportunity to make a difference. That group sees the reasoning for it. And if that happens to be someone in a marketing or communications role, then the opportunity is endless because that's where I see movement and change slowly starting to happen. Even now, uh, you know, we're storytellers at heart. Marketers and communicators are storytellers at heart. And yes, you have to do it within the guise of ultimately like what drives a business outcome, but also what aligns with improving our communities. There is a sweet spot right there in the middle. And any kind of storytelling that happens right in the middle of those two, that's the ultimate. I mean, health, you know, provider clinicians have a triple aim. That's like the double aim for me, for for, for marketers. <laughs> the double aim. Yeah, what's best for communities and patients and what's best for business. Uh, because then you don't have to convince anyone to spend time on it and do it at all. So I see yeah. like, like there's this opportunity for marketers to do that. If, if we just like open our eyes a little bit more and start talking a little bit more with those community organizations. That was a great example you gave of the provider organization, the community organization, and the public health organization, uh, how they could have worked together if they all yeah. had seen how that aligns in their interests. And it's, it's such a shame. And uh, I'm not going to stop and just and give everyone a pass to say, oh, you just don't see it. So we're just not going to give you, you know, you can get away with that. The time for that is gone. Yeah. And there's been, you know, historically, public health organizations and provider organizations haven't worked well together. You know, they're, they're siloed. And we have to break down those silos. And, we, and I think the hospital system or the health system has to be the one to initiate this because they're the big brother. They need to make these organizations feel welcome and they need to make sure these organizations feel like they've got a friend in the health system and we're willing to do everything we can to help and we could do things you know the marketing team and you've asked about this you know what can the marketing team do well the marketing team i see them as natural coalition builders you know they're community builders so let them help facilitate these relationships let them reach out to these organizations and help make these partnerships happen because we need you know i, I put together a, a list of some of the things we can do Addressing housing so they can, 
I think it was the university medical system or university, University of Vermont medical system in Burlington, Vermont, actually bought housing to provide for the homeless. And they felt like that was a better economic solution than having all those homeless people on the streets, being sick and coming into their ED for care. And indeed, it has shown to be a more cost-effective solution. And it's a far more humane way to treat people. So housing is a big one. Addressing food insecurities in these communities, developing programs. I know I have hospital clients that have community food, what do you call it, community gardens or whatever that they they help to maintain. They have uh, farmer's markets that they have on their property and their facility. You know, they can have training programs within the community where they, they train people to come in and work within healthcare within their system. Because often the hospital is the largest employer in that particular market. So there are all many, so many different solutions out there that we could be working on. And I think the marketing team can play a really big role. We just need to, and I think this is just the truth moving forward anyway, we just need to change the way we look at our role moving forward. It's, it's a different world. And the beautiful thing right now is a lot of these hospitals are coming out of COVID-19, having enriched those kind of community partnerships, because a lot of those partnerships were really cemented during this crisis, where organizations and hospitals had to come together to help each other. So the thing we need to do is not let go of that as we move beyond this crisis. You know, let's hang on to those partnerships and let's enrich them even further and say, okay, what does the new world look like as we're creating it together? How do we address these issues of systemic poverty and systemic racism in our community? How do we make sure everybody has access to good food and good health care? Those are the right questions to ask, right? Instead of just asking, how can we ignore this? because yeah. we don't see how it aligns with our interests right now. And Jared, we have ignored it. I mean, yeah. you know this and I know this. This exists because we have ignored it for 40 years. We have let this happen. 100%. And that's, you know, so maybe step one here, because I, I'm going to issue a challenge to us. I think in, in each, in each uh, in everything that goes on here, we need to have a challenge and, and uh, I've got to be able to do it so I can invite others to do it or else it just doesn't feel right. But, you know, step one is to keep this in, in the headlines, to keep talking about it, to keep finding the stories that open people's eyes. Hearts are opening right now. Minds are opening right now. We have to take advantage of that. This is the right time to keep this in the spotlight and to have those ideas generating that, that haven't before just because we have, had, we have ignored it or we've just moved on to something else. So yeah. the challenge that I'll leave here is as you and I hear more stories about community organizations, about provider organizations and health systems that are taking these steps, like uh, University of, of, of Vermont Health System that you just mentioned. My challenge to myself and to you will be, let's continue to share those the more we find them. I haven't done that before. Like the example I was thinking earlier, I want to say it was Geisinger, but the one about where they actually determined it was actually cheaper for them operationally to go feed the hungry in their community mm-hmm. than it was to have them overwhelm their emergency departments. Yep. I'm going to find that example and I'm going to share it because yep. those are the stories that need to start being told and spotlighted more. Yeah, and Geisinger, they set up a food bank and they would prescribe food for patients. It's unbelievable. I mean, it seems unbelievable. And it's just because it doesn't make its way into the boardroom enough. There's an action we can take right there. And Jared, it doesn't make its way into the media or into society enough. If you watch 
you know, local, whatever your television network is that you watch, whether it's one of the networks or CNN or Fox, whoever it happens to be, they're not talking about systemic racism in the way we're talking about it right now. It's complicated and it takes time to dive into those issues. I mean, you might see it on PBS, on the PBS News app because they do longer stories. But in general, it's a lot easier to say we have an issue with violence and bad policing and leave it at that instead of saying, hold it. This is a much broader issue. This has been building for 400 years in America, and it's going to be complicated to address it. It's not just a matter of defunding police. I mean, defunding police is one step, you know, so you can free up funds to address some of these societal issues that need to be funded and aren't. Because often, you know, the, the funding for the police force is 50% of the municipal budget or whatever. And meanwhile, in America, whether you're under Republican or Democratic administrations, there's not nearly enough funding for public health in this country. Of all the funding we put into health and healthcare in the United States, only 3% goes to public health. Even in light of a pandemic, we're still not talking about it. I mean, it's amazing to me. We're talking about a shortage of PPEs and, you know, not enough of ventilators, but we're not talking about really that, that this is a public health crisis and we have an underfunded public health system in this country. We've never made public health a priority. So there's a lot of work to do. There really is. And I'm proud to be part of it starting, uh, how about starting today? Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to do more, starting by getting these stories in the headlines. And tell you what, if if the regular media aren't going to tell those stories, we'll just create our own media. You know, let's create our own headlines. You know, we'll, we'll put that in front of people in our own ways, in your way, in my way, and that will at least get people in our world talking more about it. That seems like a a starting point, and and that's better than where we've been. So, man, this this is done. Uh, I, I hope this has been uh, good for you. Like like this is immensely important. And I don't want to forget about it. And I don't want this to just be one episode of, of something somewhere. This is an ongoing story. And it's, it's important for those of us who are thankfully in a, in a position different than what we're talking about. But it doesn't feel right if we're not doing something about it to change that status quo. And so I just want to thank you for giving me a few minutes today, Dan. Thank you. Hey there, listeners. If you're all about listening to your website visitors to learn more about how to improve your website experience, then G-Site is for you. G-Site is a suite of digital improvement tools that capture the voice of the digital customer. Hi, I'm Rob Klein, co-founder of G-Site and founder and CEO of Klein & Partners, a market research and brand consulting firm dedicated to helping hospitals and health systems find their brand voice. I co-developed this service offering with the team at Greystone.net several years ago. G-Site helps you prioritize and focus your website improvement and enhancement efforts. It's a suite of solutions, including a pop-up website experience survey tool, a user-friendly dashboard and reporting tool, a user behavior tracking tool, expert consulting services, and more. What if I told you that 8% of your visitors have a new negative opinion of your brand after visiting your website? Now multiply that number by the total number of annual visitors. Does that number scare you? If so, go to www.graystone.net forward slash G site to learn more about how we can help and sign up for an introductory overview. Hope to speak with you soon. All right. Thanks to Dan and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget 
to listen, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the brand new Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health, podcasts and video series about changing the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. So on behalf of Dan, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. Thanks.